Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. While we continue with our Men of a Thousand Voices series brought to you by our Patreon supporters at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, now it's time for our last Frank Graham episode, and this one comes from Yarns for Yanks, and the title is Old App. Yarns for Yanks. Yarns for Yanks, your favorite yarn spun by America's tough storytellers. The Armed Forces Radio Service sends these stories your way, the kind of yarns you used to read in your favorite magazines back home. And here to spin a brand new Western yarn is one of America's favorite radio performers, Frank Graham. Hiya, men. Here's a short story that packs a wallop. I hope you'll like the yarn called Old Ab. this here item, Jerry? Smiley Connors pointed to a $10 figure marked in the dog-eared ledger that had been kept by the former owner of the Triangle Place. Jerry looked over Smiley's shoulder. Uh, oh, that, yeah, well, that's something I wanted to talk to you about. As, as the new owner of the Triangle, you should know about old Ab. Old Ab? Who's he? Well, I reckon no one quite knows rightly, except that uh, he's been renting the South Point, uh, you know, down beyond the hill for about 10 years. It runs a little farm. Pays $10 a month rent. <laughs> Ain't funny old guy, Ab is. Well, nobody said anything to me about him when I bought the place. Well, I uh, reckon we can get him out of there mighty quick if you want, boss. Except, um, I don't know where the old guy will go or what he'll do. Smiley thoughtfully chewed on the end of his pencil for a minute. Then, with an impatient gesture, pushed the ledger aside. Well, uh, I'll go down and have a talk with him, see what this is all about. Jerry beamed. Oh, swell, boss. You see, uh, the boys kind of like old Ab, and, well, if you could see a way to let him stay, we'd be mighty happy. Smiley was glad of a chance to get away from the ranch house for a while. Anything would be better than sitting there trying to figure whether he was going to be able to make ends meet or not. He'd bought the triangle place on a shoestring for the money he'd been able to save during his 15 years as foreman of the barbell outfit. A thousand dollars was all he'd been able to put in the triangle and he was planning to meet his next payment from the profits on his first sale of cattle. But trying to figure it all out on paper was slightly out of his line. Thinking about it, Smiley had to chuckle. <laughs> Maybe the ten bucks this old duffer down at the South Point was paying his rent might come in handy after all. And at least was something to keep in mind. Smiley turned down the trail toward the shack at the end of the cornfield. After all, he'd taken this little ride just to get his mind off his troubles, so why stop and think about him? It didn't take him long to reach the place, and old Ab heard him coming. He got up from his chair in the sun, came over to hitch Smiley's horse. 
Oh, howdy. You're smiling, ain't you? Yeah, that's right, mister. How do you know? Ab tied the reins to a fence post as he answered. Well, Pete, very hard to figure that out. Not many new faces in these parts, and I heard you was coming. Smiley could see why the boys had taken a liking to the old man. He had a disarming, straightforward air about him that invited friendship. When the horse was securely tied, Ab led the way around to the front of the shack. Smiley studied the place. It was a low-lying adobe, as battered and weather-beaten as its occupant, who was now pointing to an old rock and inviting Smiley to set for a spell. Smiley had no sooner accepted the invitation when old Ab cocked one eye and spoke. Um, about ten dollars. Ten dollars? Oh, uh, you mean the rent you pay on the layout. Smiley anticipated that this would be a plea to reduce the figure. Yep, that's what you came to see me about. Ab's assurance caught Smiley off guard. Well, I, um, I reckon that might have been one thing. Mostly, I was interested in meeting you, though. <laughs> Just interested in meeting me, huh? And you're all right, young feller. I think I'm going to like you. Just like that, he said it. And even if Smiley had been intent on doing something about raising the rental figure, he wouldn't have much chance now. As a matter of fact, he found himself deciding that $10 a month wouldn't be much help in raising the next payment anyway. Maybe he ought to tell the poor old codger that he'd let him stay on the place without paying any rent. He even went so far as to put the idea into words. Eh, well, Ab, I was thinking uh, I'm going to like you too. (laughs) Tell me, um, how do you ever make a living out here? Seems to me you'd starve. What? With all them vegetables growing out there? (laughs) No, sir, not me. Well, um, how'd you get enough money to pay the rent? Oh, rent. Oh, I managed to scrape it up somehow. Well, uh, do you sell your produce or something? Sure, I sell it. Sell what I don't eat myself. Yeah, but uh, who do you ever find to sell it to? Abner's blue eyes twinkled. Well, um, right now I sell it to you. It took a minute for Smiley to catch on. Uh, to me? Y- y- wait a minute, you mean we buy our vegetables for the Triangle Ranch from, from you and you pay us rent? Yep, that's it exactly. Smiley couldn't help but smile. But just the same, he was a bit curious to know just how much old Ab was clearing from the deal. Well, um, how much do we pay for our vegetables? Twelve dollars. A week? Jupiter, no. Twelve dollars a month. Well, you mean, uh, you make a profit of two dollars a month? Yep, that takes care of the things I need fine. Of course, you boys furnish me with all the meat I need on the deal, too. Oh, I get along mighty fine down here. Smiley pushed his hat back on his head. (laughs) Maybe he was going to have a tough time financially, but he wasn't going to take advantage of a grand old duffer like Ab that way. Um, Abner, Smiley spoke in a very businesslike tone. You, um, you ain't going to pay rent anymore. We'll still take the vegetables and pay you, but, uh, you don't have to pay us nothing. Abner raised a hand from his knee to stop him. Wait a minute. That's mighty nice, you, Smiley, but I couldn't do that. Besides... I kind of think you're going to need the money a heap worse than I do. You didn't pay for the triangle place right out, did you? Um, I better get going, Ab. I got, got some things to do back at the place. We'll just let our little arrangement ride the way it is for a spell if you want, and, and maybe we can talk it over later. Abner nodded and grinned and walked around with Smiley to where his horse was tied. Well, I'm glad to meet you, young feller. Come on down and see me any time. Smiley thanked him, waved a friendly goodbye, and rode away. That night, after supper, Smiley collared Jerry in the parlor. See you, Jerry. Yeah, boss. 
Uh, I was down to see your friend. Webner? <laughs> swell guy, ain't he? Yeah, he's a swell guy, all right. But uh, he's a little... Um, he circled his ear with a finger. A gesture that could have but one meaning. Jerry shrugged his shoulders. Oh, uh, I don't know if he's really off, boss. He's just sort of strange, that's all. Smiley stuffed his pipe at his spoke. Yep, old Ab's quite a guy. Talks a lot about his money. Even has a whopper about how he got it. Says he had a place of his own once, and then somebody ruined it by discovering oil on it. <laughs> Says he couldn't be bothered with that stuff, so he just went back to farming. Only this time he rents instead of buying, just in case we strike oil here on the triangle. Yeah, I wish we would strike oil. I finished working over those books, Jerry, and I don't mind admitting I, I'm going to have a tough time pulling through. I'll just make it if everything goes all right. Otherwise, well, I reckon I'll have to go back to punching cows myself. When Smiley said what he did that night, he didn't dream how really tough it was going to be. Things went along pretty well for the first few months. Hands were working hard for the new boss, and it looked like the fall roundup would bring enough money to give him a chance to really get the place on its feet. After that, it would be clear sailing. But what he wasn't counting on was... Well, one morning... Jerry came riding in with the news. It was a burning hot day, and there were streams of dirt rolling off his brow. He'd been riding hard and long. Smiley saw him coming, and sensing that something was wrong, hurried out to meet him. What's up, Jerry? Uh, bad news, boss. Bad news. Jerry was panting so hard he could hardly talk. Uh, Texas fever. Found 20 steers with it, and it'll probably spread fast. Smiley grit his teeth. Texas fever was all he'd need to ruin him. Okay. We'll have to check the whole herd and try to weed it out. Now, look, Jerry, you go out there as fast as you can. Round up all the boys. Uh, send one of them after a vet. Have him come here right away. Make it fast. The next two weeks were heartbreaking. Every man at Triangle worked day and night, fighting the fever that was claiming new victims by the dozen. It was nearly three weeks before they finally got it under control. One night, as Smiley was studying the ledger again, desperately trying to find a way out, old Ab walked up on the porch and looked in the screen door. Oh, howdy. Knocking in, Smiley? Smiley looked up. Oh, hello, Ab. Sure, come on in. Ab walked in neatly and stood frowning. I uh, heard about your bad luck, Smiley. Look, I uh, want you to let me loan you some money. Smiley wasn't in any mood to humor old Ab's kidding, but he couldn't turn on the old guy, so he played along with him. Well, Ab, shucks, I... I couldn't take your money, Ab, just like that. Well, Jupiter, Smiley, you need it worse than I do. Darn I told you you would. I got everything I need. Meat, plenty of salt, all the vegetables I can eat. Place to live. Say, um, you happen to have one of them there check things around here? You know them things you write on? Smiley remembered seeing an old checkbook somewhere in the desk, so he fumbled around until he located it deciding this would probably be the easiest way to get rid of the old fellow. Abner took the checkbook, then sat down at the desk and dipped the pen in the ink. He started writing. Now, uh, you just take this as a loan. You can pay me back any time later. There's no hurry at all. Then he carefully wrote Smiley's name and the amount, $3,000, and signed the check, Abner S. Dudley. Smiley crossed to the window, looked out thoughtfully. Well, here you be, Smiley. I'll just leave it here in the ledger. Oh, you got a blotter? 
Yeah, yeah, this one in the death drawer. Oh, I find it. Okay. Yep. There you are. It's right here in the ledger. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Thanks, Ab. Sure, you're welcome. Just remember, pay me back any old time you're ready. Yeah. Well, so long, Smiley. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks again. Goodbye, Ab. The old-timer shuffled out into the night. Later that night, Smiley decided he was licked. But he also decided to fight to the end. His boys stayed with him all the way. They even agreed to work without pay for a couple of months, if necessary, to help get him on his feet. Seven weeks later, Smiley had delivered his cattle to market and received the money for them just a day before the agent from the bank came to collect the next payment on the place. Yes, he had money, but not enough. There was one last hope, talking the man from the bank into reducing the amount of the payment, and the minute he arrived, Smiley started trying. Uh, Mr. Smith, I, um... I had a little bad luck. Uh, Texas fever set me back quite a bit. Mr. Smith merely grunted. Smiley continued. Uh, would it be possible to get a, well, a sort of extension or delay? Mr. Smith, accustomed to hearing such requests, merely shook his head gravely. Yeah, well, I, I have the money now, but, but I will have it later. Look, I can show you in my books if you just give me time. Mr. Smith removed his glasses and wiped them with his handkerchief. Uh, Mr. Connors, I'm sorry, but what you ask is impossible. We must have the money today. Yeah, but look here, Mr. Smith. Here's my ledger. It shows the whole thing. Smiley opened the ledger in front of the agent, who replaced his glasses and began to glance at it with disinterest. Suddenly, he sat bolt upright in his chair. Why, Mr. Connors, what's this? He held old Abner's check in his hand. Smiley had forgotten about it. Naturally, tried to explain. Oh, oh I, uh, I, I can explain that check. Well, I wish you would, Mr. Connors. Abner Stevens Dudley. Why, we've carried his account for years. This is the first check I've ever seen drawn against it. Yeah, are you... You mean crazy old Ab has actually put money in the bank? Put money in the bank? <laughs> My dear Mr. Connors, Abner Stevens Dudley is worth a fortune. Made it in oil some years ago. <laughs> And that's the story of Old Ab. Fun for you by one of America's top storytellers, Frank Graham. If you have a favorite story or a favorite star you'd like to hear on this series, write Armed Forces Radio Service, Los Angeles, USA. Dave Vale speaking. Arms for Yanks is produced by the Armed Forces Radio Service.
Welcome back. An interesting episode and a good look at the challenges that come with trying to make a ranch or a farm work as a going concern. And to me, this episode calls to mind how much potential for drama that there is in ranching and farming as this battle of man, you know, against the elements, against all these odds that can come up against him in order to just be able to make a living. There were films like this that my dad used to watch when I was a kid, and I was kind of bored by them, honestly. But I have more appreciation for at least the concept of those sort of films. I think, you know, modern-day entertainment, you know, when we're dealing with people trying to follow their dreams, uh, it tends to be only a certain you know, type of dream. It's like, I want to be a musician or a dream of doing something really huge in terms of like, you know, a billion dollar business or flying to the stars. But there can be a lot of drama in smaller dreams as well. Of course, this one has a resolution that you know, I think if done wrong could be a cop-out, but I, I think it does become this really good payoff because essentially with Smiley, you've just got a guy who is trying his best and who is kind and who you want to see the best for. So that makes the payoff uh, rewarding. There's so much I liked about him. You know, I, I think the way he put the arrangement with old Ab in perspective. It wasn't going to solve the ranch's problem one way or another. And sometimes, you know, I, I, and I think we, we've all experienced this in the modern world, you'll see people who they get in a tight situation and they start, you know, trying to cut every little thing. And, you know, in personal budgeting and, you know, in different circumstances, there can be an argument for, you know, taking care of the little things. But sometimes when you're dealing with something where it's a choice between being kind and maintaining good relations and maybe making an insignificant dent in a financial problem, you really have to think about that and make the good, best choice overall. And Smiley is just, you know, he's incredibly kind, doesn't want to hurt Ab's feelings, which is why he held on to the check. Although we in the audience all had a sense, I'm sure, that Ab was good for it. And Ab is a really good character. Smiley thought he was off in some way, but I don't think he really was, even though, you know, you could argue he was eccentric, and that eccentric, you know, I, I guess you can argue is what we refer to being uh, mentally unwell if you happen to be wealthy. But I, I really think with Ab, it, there's no indication that he's out of touch with reality. He's not harming himself or anyone else. He's just figured out what he wants in life, and he just goes for it. He's got food. He's got shelter. He's got work to do. He's got friends who like him, and he's got quite a bit of money for a rainy day. He's got everything that he needs, and I think that does include both being paid for his vegetables and paying rent. So he feels like he's pulling his weight, 
and he's making uh, a profit. And I think with him writing that check to Smiley, that's also kind of, in it, and telling him it's a loan, that's also an illustration of the way he approaches life. He could make it a gift, but I think Ab doesn't want to rob anyone of their dignity, of their sense of being able to make it with a hand up, but being able to, in the end, make it for themselves, which is definitely what Smiley's going to want to happen. So it's a marvelous story. It uh, follows, I think, a type of drama we don't see a lot uh, these days, as well as exploring a code and approach to life that is a bit different than uh, what most of us deal with in our everyday lives. All right, well, that will actually do it for today. If you do have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Next week, we will wrap up our Men of a Thousand Voices series with a story told by Paul Fries. In the meantime, do send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.